Merry Christmas, Push Off listeners. We got a present for you this week. This is the Push Off. Welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. While well, getting you ready for the next, I'm your host Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan. Tis the season to be playoff bound, right? Is it? <laughs> Very good, Dan. Uh, so we are in the COVID doldrums of the NFL. Uh, Obviously, it started uh, last week. It's it's leading us through this week, which is has us full of football that goes into the middle of the week. So here we are recording, and uh, we're going to turn this into a positive. We're going to give the push off listeners something that has never ever been done before. We have gone live on Instagram and done the the draft uh, mm-hmm. last two years. We've done directly after uh, Super Bowl reaction shows. We've done a uh, episode during the day of my wedding, but we have never done. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> we have never done a, re- a recording while we watch these games live. Dan, we're going to be. D- did we do a recording the week of my wedding? Uh, the week of probably, probably okay. right because I think. Well, I don't know how long ago. How long have you been married, Dan? Uh-oh. Not quite, not quite five years. Okay, then we would have been around that time. And if you so. got married during the football season, no, I got uh, no, I got married. We wouldn't. No, fuck, man. Who Am knows? I married? <laughs> how long have I been married? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Anyway, I got three kids. I think, as far as I know, that's right. Um, and my first on the way, so. Uh, all our minds are going, but, uh, what we get to share with you guys here is first of all, two games are on right now. Two games are on currently, and we're going to, we'll be watching them and keeping it up to speed as we go. So you get a little live reaction. Obviously, as you guys listen to this, you already know what happened. We don't. So you get to see the excitement in our voices. Uh, what we're talking about is- you get to be excited. You get to you get to watch the Rams. I have to watch the Eagles play the Washington football team. The football team, yeah. Football team at Eagles. I got Dan that one because that's his NFC East. If uh, if we all must not need to be punished, just him. <laughs> and I'm going to watch Seahawks at Rams here uh, as we go through this episode. Now, uh, both these games are pretty tight. They were tied at the half. Dan, catch us up. Where are you guys at right now? So right now, as we're we're a minute thirty seconds away from heading to the fourth quarter, uh, the Eagles have put up over four hundred yards of total offense. The Washington Football Team has put up less than a hundred and twenty. However, the score is ten to seven in favor of the Eagles. So it's still a tight ball game, but the Eagles are on the drive, and uh, the Eagles are actually inside the thirty. So yeah, it's nice. It, it's not looking good for Washington. I got. Uh... Seahawks in L.A. This is a big one for L.A. to uh, get a big spot 
in uh, the NFC West and the playoff race for the NFC and the Seahawks to basically play spoilers. Seahawks are doing that right now, uh, though it's tied. It's tied 10 all. Into the fourth quarter we go, though. It's the start of the fourth quarter. Actually, just watching this, I see a nice screen to Sonny Michel, who took it about 25 yards. Uh, but they're starting deep in their own end here, so they're only about midfield. It's tight game. The Rams have certainly the better stats in this one, but the Seahawks' defense keep Stafford just scared in that pocket right now. So it's a game. It's a game right here, and I'll keep, we'll keep you updated as we go. This is fun and exciting. I'm actually. This is actually kind of fun. I mean, if I'd I'd love to watch a better game than Washington, Philadelphia, <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's tight. You we do take got what we can get. Yeah, we got these COVID breakouts. It's it's even Garrett Gilbert starting for Washington uh, on a short week where he wasn't even on this team until like he was stolen off the Patriots practice squad, I believe. Yeah, Garrett Gilbert is like, oh fuck, <laughs> oh god, I got to do this. This is, I mean, being an being an NFL quarterback is hard. They talk about even with a full week of practice as a backup, that is fucking difficult. Like you have to relearn the timing. Having four days to basically go, all right, not only do you need to come in here and learn the playbook, even like just 10 fucking plays. You just got to learn 10 plays. You also have to time out your receivers. So sensibly, Washington's like, let's just not throw this fucking ball (laughs) at all. Um, And they're really trying not to. Right now the Eagles are uh, lining up for a Jake Elliott field goal. Um, It's a 37-yarder. So That gives them a two-score lead to, what, late third? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it'll give them a two-score lead probably. I mean, yeah, they'll have a kickoff return, and then it'll be the fourth quarter. So the idea is this goes. and He makes it. He made it. All right, so 10-point lead for Philly. Philly's kind of flipping this thing, extending it, uh, taking that momentum. Um, The idea is, though, that we're going to keep this uh, ball rolling and keep discussing the week as as these games progress. (laughs) As we uh, finished our episode last week, Urban Meyer gets uh, fired, gets fired in almost middle of the night kind of way. Uh, I think it was midnight Jacksonville time. And um, first head coach fired here before the first season he coached was up. Um, we've had a lot of coaches that only make it a season. Um, and we've talked sure. about that now. Even that kind of seems silly, but this one, this one was, was surely uh, quite a bit. I mean, the, they bring up Bobby Petrino, who was who didn't even make it to the end of his first season, but he left for a different gig back yeah. in college. Right? It was of his it was his own volition. He was going to Arkansas. Arkansas basically laid a big old fucking pile of cash on his doorstep, and he was getting he was getting rolled pretty badly. So yeah, he was ready to leave. Yeah. So Urban Meyer's se- second coach fired this year because of uh, John Gruden earlier for Las Vegas, and then uh, Daryl Bevel. Well, second, stepped- he resigned. Oh, okay. Not fired. Gruden. Okay. Gruden. Gruden resigned. Wasn't fired. He was second going to get fired, coach, but he resigned instead. Second head coach seat vacated. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We'll, we will go with that one. Strike the record and adjust it. Uh, Daryl Bevel, uh, interim head coach. This is his second straight year as being an interim head coach, as he was in Detroit when they fired Matt Patricia just last year. Daryl Bevel. Uh, but he won't, you know, you probably won't get a head coaching spot anywhere. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't hire Daryl Bevel to be your offensive coordinator. Maybe that's what it's telling you. He's inside. <laughs> like, yeah, let's get, 
Also, Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator for years, for years in Seattle, when Seattle yep. was known to have one of the least original fucking offenses in the world that was just saved on a weekly basis by the heroics of Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch being a fucking monster. But Daryl Bevel somehow continues to get to coach in this league? Fuck it. I blame this whole thing on him. <laughs> Urban Meyer, you're, you're vindicated. Vikings had him uh, in 09 with uh, Brett Favre. Uh, they had to go uh, beg the uh, the old man to come back, uh, you know, off his yacht there in uh, in Mississippi to play to play for two years because he didn't have anything else. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, but we're not talking about him. We're talking about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer gets fired. Um, we did discuss this though last week because uh, it it sure felt like a mess in Jacksonville at that time, and and uh, oh, Shad yeah. Khan and and the front office there in Jacksonville agreed. Anything more to say about their Meyer firing, Dan? Well, that he was fired for cause, which is yeah. going to be a fight because he had a lot of money and a lot of years left over on that contract. But I feel like one of the reasons why they're moving this way is because I, they've got a case. Um, I don't know if you've ever done management, but uh, I've done management in union environments. And one of the things you have to do is you have to build a case on somebody. So Shad Khan was probably looking at you know, conduct inside the locker room, uh, conduct outside the locker room, like with co-eds in Ohio. hey um, You know, there's just a lot of things you can do. Like, to be honest with you, you should be able to fire a coach for cause for fucking losing. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those interesting things. Like, your whole job is to fucking win, right? So if you don't win, technically you're fired for cause because you didn't fucking win. <laughs> It'd be like, as a salesman, which I've done for my whole life, if I don't meet sales quotas, I could be fired for cause. Yeah. You know, because I didn't meet sales quotas. It has nothing to do with, like, me as a person, but that's the cause. It's not violence. It's just, you know, I'm not out there kicking fucking Josh Lambeau, but... <laughs> yeah, you can be fired for cause if you're shitty enough at your job. So have fun, Urban Meyer. Suck a dick. Yeah, but that's not, yeah. Obviously, usually that's not what occurs with head coaches. This one is a whole lot more his off-the-field uh, issues and what's come up about it. Uh, since this firing this week, uh, it seems Urban Meyer is trying to do, uh, to put out fires almost. You know, He's not saying, like, these are lies. He's going, I'm sorry, Jacksonville. I apologize. And it's like, mm, sure sounds like these are truths then. And if that's the case, then yeah, I think that you're right. They've got a fight for cause and for ripping up this contract and not making sure he doesn't collect. What I actually have a really interesting tactic for Urban Meyer. Oh, we must hear this. I think Urban Meyer should just, there's so much money on the line. And this is probably, you know, let's just say this is your last big contract. Urban Meyer should say, hey, listen, I've been a known piece of shit for a decade. For over a decade, people knew that I was a piece of shit. And you hired me anyway to be a piece of shit. So that means you got to pay me my money because you hired me knowing I was a piece of shit. Even if you fire me, I did everything I was supposed to do. I came in. I was Urban Meyer. I was a total piece of shit. Come on, give me that money. That's the tactic. Because if he tries to be like, listen, I'm a, I'm a man of Christ. I'm a family man. We need this money to move forward. No, fuck that. Go full villain. Do the full heel turn. Be like, no, give me my fucking money. You signed the contract. Y'all got played. Give me my fucking dope. Urban Meyer forever. Suck a dick. <laughs> that's what he needs to do. Doesn't that's sound what he needs like. To do. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I would do. If, <laughs> if somebody was hanging $40, $50 million, I'd do whatever my lawyer thought could get me 40 or $50 million. But after that, if it was like, hey, take a shot in the dark, that's what I'm doing. I'm going full villain saying, you signed the deal, now give me my money. 
There it is. There it is. Uh, I got to catch us up. Cooper Cup caught a long touchdown pass. The Rams are up by seven, folks. Uh, Not a shock. No, 17-10. Cooper Cup has two touchdowns already here, and he's breaking records. Just broke. He's very good. Yeah, he broke Isaac Bruce's record for receptions. Um, they didn't make it very clear if that was for the season or for the Rams' career. I'm guessing season. Oh, no, no, season. Yeah. I mean, he Isaac Bruce was a Ram forever. I think it's like he's over 120 for the season. That's what's impressive about it. Um, so insane. Uh, I'll keep you updated on that. Uh, but this we're in is the fourth quarter in, in Philadelphia. And into the fourth quarter in Philadelphia. Uh, but this is where we're at because it is uh, due to the, all the COVID outbreaks. We had four games get moved. These are two of them. Others happen this week as we get through this. And uh, a lot of big uh, players down too. Excuse me. Trying to keep this uh, feed going <laughs> without the audio going. Um, so, Dan, uh, I got a game of the week. We got to rack our brains. It's all the way in the back, but uh, it was a very good game. It's the only one that went to overtime this week. I want to talk Chiefs Chargers. Chiefs are kind of the big <sighs> news right now because, I mean, we give them the win. They're bit by COVID right now. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. But this was a big win. Yes, I did get this one on you. This might be about the only one, though, this week. I, f- I feel like you start with the ones that you beat me on. That's <laughs> not. Like that's what happens. That's not true. No, uh, I did last week, though, too, because those were overtimes as well. In fact, Dan, I think we went on a run here where the, the last three games I've gotten on you and the split ones have been overtimes. <laughs> I pick them close. I pick yeah. them close. They've been tight. These are tight ones, so that's why the that's why we get split because we know deep down. Uh, Pat Mahomes had a big game here, over 400 yards and three touchdowns. He did turn the ball over twice. That's still something, you know. He likes to run around with it, sticking out like that, and and I think players are starting to understand too that there's a chance for them to uh, take care of it, you know, knock it out of his hands. Um, but then you know. His weapons went off big. Uh, Kelsey, 10 catches, 191 yards, and two touchdowns. Hill, 12 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. But the the Chargers kept answering. The Chargers kept it close. It was 10-14 at the half. It was 13-14 Chargers into the fourth. Um, The Chargers with fumbles at the goal line. That really hurt them, but this game still went to overtime. Tied at 28. Chiefs with the walk-off. I would make the statement that I actually thought the Chargers were the better team in this game. Okay. Um, I thought they made critical mistakes at the goal line, Mm -hmm. but in terms of marching the ball down the field, in terms of having Kansas City's defense's number, which has been a very good defense for the past several weeks, um, the Chargers left points on the field. The Chiefs did not. And that's the huge difference. I mean, that's that's how you walk away with a tie game, 28-28. This should have been the Chargers game to win. Um, but as soon as the fourth quarter rolled around, uh, Pat Mahomes just decided it was his. And in less than six plays, in less than two minutes, they have a win. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's hard for a defense to stand up to Pat Mahomes for a whole game, let alone a whole game plus an overtime period. So, you know, it, this one was always going to be whoever has the ball last. Both these teams are very exciting to watch, especially on offense. Uh, when Chiefs jumped up ten to nothing, it kind of felt like, okay, well, this thing could run away with it. And then, uh, with a blink, the uh, Chargers were down there for two touchdowns, and they had the lead. And you're like, oh boy, kind of fun game we got in front of us. So yeah. it certainly was. It was back and forth. Uh, I, I I'm calling him Kelsey. I think it's Travis Kels. 
I believe now from what I heard. Uh, what? Yeah, I think he said that in some interview. It's supposed to be Kels. But anyways, um, killing it in this game and with the walk-off at the end, sometimes he gets into these these uh, breakout runs where it feels like, how come nobody's tackling it? Like that end one into the end zone wasn't like, he's not the speediest guy, but he didn't, ca- like he ran it in from 15 yards out or something. So, yeah, big win for the Chiefs. Um, this Ooh. one... Keeps them going. What happened in your game? Oh, uh, I just we just had a pass from Garrett Gilbert. Um, it was deep. They're basically in Eagles territory, marching, and what looks like that might have actually been a touchdown, but it looks like it might be down at the one. Oh. So Garrett Gilbert with a great throw in a. I mean, they're running everything out of goal line package, just to let everybody know. <laughs> that's that's Washington's game plan right now is to run everything out of goal line. Looks like it's a run. Most of the time, it is. Once in a while, we're going to hit you over the top, and he just did, it sounds like. But I, you know what? Looking at this replay, this might be a touchdown. I, I think this. you should challenge this if you're, uh, if you're Washington, but I think they're just going to keep trying to run that ball down Philly's throat. I got a third yeah, they, and 14 ooh, for it's Russell. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. All right, so we have a, th- well, barring the extra point, maybe a three-point game. Yeah, they're right back in this thing. Oh, I got Russell Jared Wilson Patterson. going deep for, oh, my ooh. God. DK Metcalf had a had a deep step, but he had to stop for that pass. Skied oh. for Russell Wilson, and Jalen Ramsey knocks it away. They will be punting. Seattle will be punting. Um, Russell Wilson's deep pass doesn't look like it's got a touch on it. It just doesn't. It's weird. Well, I mean, it's hard to touch when you don't have your fucking finger. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> that's it. He says it's unless not. You're, it unless you're a pervert. And it's um, easy to touch. <laughs> Big win for Kansas City. I got to keep segueing it back to to this. This is the one downside of what we're doing here tonight. But big win for Kansas City. They go on and win. Um, we're going to get to what's going on with them this week. But first, I want to talk about who they're playing next week, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a big win this week too, and all these games are also very strong for the AFC playoff picture. Steelers nineteen, Titans thirteen. None of us picked this one, Dan. None of us nope. saw the Steelers winning, even though the Steelers were at home. The Titans looked still like the better team to start. They were up ten to nothing into the second quarter. Um, Boswell uh, really only missed in this game once. He went uh, four for five in field goals. He had a great game, and his only miss was the fifty-six yarder right before the half. So the Titans take a thirteen to three lead in at the half. But uh, I mean, they didn't do anything else from there. They kept they kept it tight there. Uh, Steelers had another. Touchdown in the third, 10 to 13. Boswell, three field goals in the fourth quarter, mostly off Titan turnovers. And there it is. Uh, the game ended with Hayden tackling the guy just a yard shy of a first down. It was a great tackle. Just a fucking great tackle. Like, talking about, yeah. you know, he uh, Joe Hayden afterwards, like, I work out too. <laughs> I may be a corner. I work out. He's like, I'm strong. I'm I'm a strong man. Yeah. Um, you know, we always we talk about the difference between like Joe Hayden, who we think of as like a slight man, is literally bigger than me, and I'm five ten. You know, like I'm an I'm an I'm an a burly guy, but Joe Hayden is bigger than me, way faster than me, and stronger. Um, so yeah, this you know this really shouldn't surprise us when he stops a man cold in his tracks and and preserves the win. But yeah, I mean, looking at the Titans. They have been holding on for dear life for how many weeks? Oh, Just man. losing personnel. You know, Dante Foreman is 
or Deontay Foreman is is their starter. Still, Nick Westbrook Aquina is their leading receiver. Something is wrong. Like the Tennessee Titans are just begging to get to the playoffs and get a healthy roster back. That's all they really need to do. They're probably not going to miss the playoffs, but man, those Colts have charged back. It's impressive. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Titans don't want to be starting on the road. Uh, all these teams don't want to find themselves having yeah, having a wild card start in unfriendly confines because playoff atmosphere is something else on the road. So mm-hmm. it's a big one. Yeah, and they they can't keep slipping like this. As we're seeing, uh, you know, Titans can lose a game in Pittsburgh on the road. Pittsburgh could be uh, a playoff team if they keep this up too. Uh, the AFC North will not consider itself to settle down. Not one bit. As soon as you believe one team's on top, oh no, the one at the bottom switches over. It's been uh, a lot of fun, but this one was a tight game. A lot of defense, a lot of field goals, obviously, but uh, their guy made them. Um, the uh, the Titans had uh, ran. Well, Randy Bullock was two for two as well. It's just. You're right. They they're just too injured with with their players, and without since Derrick Henry has left, the Titans aren't the uh, the bulldozer team as they've been, and that makes sense, obviously. And, and honestly, the Titans just had too many turnovers. They lost three fumbles in this game. Yeah. For a defensive minded team, for a run heavy team that you want to be, you cannot lose fumbles. Tannehill lost one. He had two fumbles. He only lost one. Anthony Ferkser lost one, and uh, Racy McMath lost one. And uh, who was it? I think it was Ferkser uh, in the third quarter. Just gives up an absolute fucking bonehead one. Like, he's being brought to the ground, and then the thing just pops up and fucks him up. It's bad. Yeah. Yep. They, the turnovers. Oh, sorry. That was McMath. McMath. Okay. Short fields and, you know, the Steelers' offense were not, didn't have to ask to do much. And their defense is good enough, especially if, you know, if they're, they're playing at home with the, that crowd behind them. Uh, but what this leads us to is uh, the game here for week 16 now, Steelers at Chiefs. This one's interesting. It is in Kansas City. It's a late start. It's the day after Christmas. As I watch uh, Stafford get sacked on third down and long, they're going to be punting with six minutes left. Seattle's got a shot. I'll keep you updated. Um, Kansas City. Ooh, COVID issues. Now, we're, as we record this Tuesday night, I don't know who all that means is out of the game, but right now, Kelsey and Hill and others on the COVID list, if both of those guys aren't ready to go, that gives me pause of these Chiefs. It really does because Mahomes looks for his guys, obviously. You know, they both were in double-digit receptions this week. Steelers at Chiefs. Dan, who, who are you thinking? Well, I mean, weirdly enough, Harrison Butker is also out, which I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but having a missing kicker, that's a huge piece. Oh, yeah, ask um, the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. If if Tyreek Hill is out and Travis Kelsey is out, I'm still taking the Chiefs. Okay. I, I, I really like the Steelers' defense, but the Steelers' offense, if it was not for the Steelers' defense against Tennessee – the Steelers wouldn't have scored more than three points. They mm-hmm. just wouldn't have. Every every score that they had was because the defense put them in a position to do so. That's really it. I don't think Kansas City will make those same mistakes, um, even with a depleted roster against Pittsburgh, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh even with all these guys missing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm going to take Kansas City even with all these guys no, missing. Uh, Kansas City, I follow you. I follow you. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, first of all, the uh, 
Card, uh, the Seahawks are starting this drive at the 46-yard line. The punt was from the Damn. back of the end zone. Yeah. So they're already – okay, the first run, they're already in Rams territory. Uh, five minutes left. Okay, so, yeah, I'm with you. Kansas City at home, even if those stars aren't there, they're going to keep the ball on the ground and run it. And I think Devonta Foreman was having success early before he kind of got banged up. So I think they can do that. They can take the pressure off Mahomes in that passing game, make play action work a few times, and Chiefs get enough points to win this one on a Steelers offense that can't really put up the points as that well. So I'm with you. I'll take the Chiefs as well, even barring, well, if Mahomes goes on uh, COVID from now, yeah. we'll talk. We'll return. Because yes. I, I yes. did switch a, a pick on Dan already this week. He's he's being very kind with me on that one, too. <laughs> we'll get there. I was having I was having a good week. You were. You were, and you did. Uh, let's continue with Plus last. money. It's, yeah. it's like throwing a chip to the dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Let's uh, continue with that week. Uh, Packers winning a tight one. In Baltimore, thirty-one to thirty, um, we all picked it, so we knew it was coming. No Lamar Jackson, that made an easier pick, but it didn't make it an easier win for the Green Bay Packers. No. Uh, Huntley had himself a good game: two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and at the very end, the uh, Ravens decided to go for two to try to take a win, a lead with forty some seconds left. Instead, they don't get it. And they don't get the onside kick. Packers win, clinch NFC North. Uh, this is the second game Baltimore has lost, uh, going for two on the last second, or going for two with their last possession and not getting it. In the last um, two weeks, I, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have agreed with it both times. If you're going to put yourself in a situation where Aaron Rodgers is going to have 40 seconds left and a few timeouts, you're basically saying the dude's going to get into field goal range. So why not put some pressure on the kicker and say, hey, this is not a, you know, make it and, you know, miss it and we go to overtime situation. This is a, hey, miss it and you fucking lose situation. I understand it. I I like that John Harbaugh does this, but he keeps asking players, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go for it? I, John, you at this point, you got to just be like, hey, this is just what we do. We're aggressive. And if it's tight, we're going to go for the win every time. Don't keep asking, guys. Just fucking go. Um because he was, he was asking uh, Tyler Huntley, and Huntley's like, uh, fuck, I'm the backup, dude. Yeah, sure, let's go, um, I guess. Well, uh, the one thing, you're right. All right. So I've been back and forth on this one, and you make a good point. I think you still got the best kicker in the league yourself and with the Ravens, so it's not even a question on the extra point. It's a question on, yeah, if you can stop Rodgers or not. And either way, you were going to have to. Uh, other than this situation where you didn't even succeed but it's so it's weird it's a weird situation the one reason why you maybe ask Huntley is hey buddy how tired are you if we go to overtime or not because if Huntley's like yeah. yeah I can't stand on my my feet anymore basically like I, I'm I'm so gassed that if we go to overtime I'm not going to be able to put another drive together that's why you go for it kind of thing but I think you're right he was like uh, yeah, I guess. Let's win. You want to go for the win right now? And it wouldn't have necessarily even been a win right now because Rodgers yeah. could have done it then too. So and I, the whole reason why they keep doing this is because their secondary is so fucked up. That they're like, we really can't put our secondary out there against an on-fire Aaron Rodgers with 40 seconds and two timeouts left. That's not safe. Right, right. You know, that's, that's not putting us in a position to win. 
Um, this game was 14 all at the half. Um, Packers take a lead mid-third on a very questionable Alan Lazard pass interference. And I saw this. Like, he drops mm. the pass, and they're like, well, holding, and then changed the P.I., and I didn't see it. So didn't like that call, and it was a big one at that time. But Packers were up 31-17 to with nine minutes left in this game. And the way the Ravens came back, these guys are super exciting like we talk about. They can always do this. They always feel like they were in it. Um, I've got a flag here with 321 left, but the Rams are celebrating. I'll let you know what's going on. Um, I don't know. It would. It. I thought the Packers should have won this by a whole lot more, but maybe they just, you know, knew that they just couldn't keep the. Well, they almost. Uh, they almost had this one. See, you know, slip slip out of their hands, but uh, they did get the win. So, uh, all's well that ends well. Packers. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. I mean, the Packers had a good game against a good Ravens defense. Their defense didn't do really well in a prevent form. I like I don't even know why people do prevent defense anymore. I really don't. Like it doesn't work. Like against the offenses that people are running now, prevent defenses are basically just saying we're going to give up scores. Not oh. we're going to give up yards. We're going to win. We're going to give up scores. What'd you find? Uh, it was a deep one to uh, Dallas. They're they're corner their running back and he's he's open and then the linebacker runs into him basically before the ball got there because again it's underthrown and he has to stop for it and they don't call pass interference on that he gets so pissed off he kicks the ball and i think they get the the uh rams even more that was fourth down yeah so oh. this thing's probably yeah, over good. now because three minutes and the rams are just yeah sony michelle just ran the ball deep into seahawks territory they're gonna ice this one Big well, win for LA. The uh, the Eagles just scored a touchdown as well. It was uh, it was Ward. Here we go. Yep. So these games are these games are ending themselves. Um, let's continue on with ours. Uh, we already talked about the Packers win. Congrats to them. Let's talk about the Raiders win. This is the one I changed on Dan. I was going to say Browns even when Case Keenum was gone, but when he was out too, and we we're talking. Third stringer Mullins, I was like, all right, it just seems like the Browns did not get healthy enough, even with the push off of this game. Hey, push off. Uh, Touch the line. There it is. Um, So the Raiders win it. Uh, I I picked that too. This game gets pushed back uh, to Monday night at about 6 o'clock before the the Monday night game, uh, the, the current Monday night football game. A big game for uh, Dan Daniel Carlson. Kicks three field goals through. Um, what's kind of interesting about this is he did it to the Browns, who had Mike Prefer stepping in as head coach. Mike Prefer was the uh, in the what weekly interim, we'll say, head coach here due to COVID uh, restrictions on Kevin Stefanski. Now, Mike Prefer was the special teams coach of the Minnesota Vikings. When they drafted anti-gay Daniel Carlson, yes, that's true too. Yes, and he and he's quite anti-gay. And as our old punter, uh, let everybody know. Chris Cluey. Anyways, so he's yeah, he's still co- still coaching. Thank you, Chris Cluey. Still coaching in the league and uh, everything. But uh, yeah, gets to watch himself actually lose to Daniel Carlson, who he drafted for the Vikings, and then quickly they gave up on after that mess in Lambo one game. Um. This one was uh, Raiders jumping out to the early lead, 10 nothing at the half. Nick Chubb getting things going. Uh, the Browns take the lead 
with 345 left, turn him over with 240 some left, and still can't get out with the win. Raiders get the ball back one more time, get down there, and kick a 48-yard walk-off. I will say this. Um, you know, what's <laughs> what I was just saying about the Packers? Yeah, let's put some pressure on the guy. It's a one-point win. You miss it, you, you know, it's not overtime. You fucking go home. Carlson did it, and uh, there was a lot of talk after that interception that Derek Carr was like, if we get this fucking ball back, I promise you I'm going to win this game. He said that, yeah. And, I mean, what are you going to say? True. <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing they talked about, um, uh, Mike McCarthy versus the Redskins. Like, well, what the fuck are you supposed to say? Guys, we're going to do our best out there. No, give me some fucking rah-rah. Put some fucking, you know, put some fire in your stones there, buddy. Um yeah, I mean, Derek Carr needed this. Vegas at 7-7 seven and seven has as good, if not now, a better chance to make the playoffs than the Browns. But holy shit, it is getting murky at that seventh spot in the AFC. Yeah, the AFC's one, too, is going to be even tougher because it could be a lot of teams. The Dolphins are even red hot now, too, so who knows. Um, we see how it goes. The Browns are in a lot of trouble. This That field goal alone moved them from what would have been an 8-6 and six team and probably a, a much higher seed to now this much lower seed and, and losing a tiebreaker to these Raiders. Yeah, so it really hurt them. And unfortunately, so many of their stars just had to watch it from the sidelines trying to get healthy from this disease that we just can't get rid of, Dan. And it's sad. That's what it is. Uh, the NFL pushed this off even after Mayfield was giving them uh, crap online for not doing it. They did it. He still couldn't get back on the field. Didn't seem like a lot of people could for the Browns and the Raiders. The Raiders win a squeaker. Um, what this leads us to, Dan, is talking about a game we get on Christmas. Hey, we're get, we're getting presents from the NFL too. Uh, and it's Christmas Day. That's right. That is Browns at Packers. Uh, this is three thirty in the afternoon. This is the first game played on Christmas Day. So after all the kids have gotten up, opened their gifts. Uh, maybe the grandparents have give, come by, who knows. Now you get a chance to sit down. Uh, hopefully they get a nap. You're going to watch Browns and Packers. What do you think? Well, I, I think there's no reason to pick the Browns in this <laughs> game. I mean, even if Baker Mayfield comes back, even if all these players come back, the only thing that I think would give the Packers a or would give the Browns a fighting chance is if the same affliction hit Green Bay. You know, if Aaron Rodgers isn't in, sure, but... I mean, are we going to start qualifying all of our picks? Right. Just like, unless they get struck by the COVID bug. I'm um, kidding. Because right now, there's no reason not to pick the Packers. Um, the Packers don't need it nearly as much, but the Packers are in the catbird seat for the number one seed in the NFC. Um, you know, one or two more wins here, and that pretty much seals it up for them. That's the one thing that we didn't really talk about is uh, Packers with this sneakily win uh, this week. They also had almost everything else work in their favor uh, as far as the NFC goes for that number one seed. Uh, big teams fell uh, where they need them to, almost all of them. Um, watching here, fourth and nine, and the Rams are lined up for a 35-yard field goal. We're just past the two-minute warning. The Seahawks have no timeouts left. So he makes this uh, just score game with... Yeah, pretty much over. It is also two more yards deeper than an extra point. Here's Matt Gay to try to pretty much bury it. Matt, I would love to be in that stadium because you know the best chant everybody would want to do is just go, Gay! <laughs> he got um, it. And uh, 
Yeah, McVeigh is high five and everybody in the sidelines. No, that's true. Um, okay, so Browns and Packers. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the Packers here uh, on Christmas just to ruin another holiday for for me and my family. No, <laughs> but wouldn't it would it make your Christmas to watch them lose and uh, put the Cowboys in position to be the number one seed? Wouldn't hey, man, nice? I'll cheer for it. I'll cheer for it. Why yeah. not? Uh, the Let's move on. The Bengals beat the Broncos. This one on, uh, yeah, this one the afternoon game here on Sunday. This one stayed where it was, where it should have been. Uh, Fifteen to ten. You and me picked the stand. My mom actually thought the Broncos were going to take this one, so we got her on that one. It was close. It was a tight one. Yes, certainly was. This game was a field goal battle in the first half, six to three. Um, unfortunately. Another bad injury, Teddy Bridgewater. This guy can't catch a break when it comes to staying healthy and on the field. Uh, takes to the air on a on a run play and kind of gets smacked to the ground in speed where he loses consciousness, gets carted off, even spent the rest of that day in the hospital out of precautions. He's, he's home now. He seems fine. He'll be in the, the COVID the uh, excuse me concussion protocol and I'm sure not probably playing this week too so we'll see about that so Locke finishes this game he does throw a touchdown uh in relief a 25 yarder to Patrick late third quarter to take a lead 10-9 Broncos but the Bengals answered in just a few plays so very little of this game did the Broncos ever have the lead the the uh the Bengals win it 15 to 10 nobody scores in the fourth quarter yeah, it was a, was a very boring, boring fourth quarter. Yeah, um, there was a lot of running, a lot of you know, you know, a lot of long enough drives, basically getting two or three first downs, and then going, eh, we're not good enough. Um, I think if Teddy's in this game, this, I mean, this might be a Broncos win. We might be talking about something different, but as it is, Cincinnati went on the road, beat a conference opponent. That eight and six is now a very important eight and six. Um, you know, that eight and six gives them a direct head to head tiebreaker with the Denver Broncos who will be in this thing. So yeah, I mean, good for them. This is exactly what Cincinnati needed. Um, I am as worried about the Broncos. Oh, sorry. I'm as worried about the Bengals offense as I am about the Cowboys offense where there's no reason it should be this anemic. Mm. You know, Joe Burrow should be throwing for close to 300 yards a game. Joe Mixon should be running for close to 100 yards a game. This is an offense that is actually built to perform far better than this. What Cincinnati is lucky for is that they're playing relatively timid offenses and they have a pretty good defense of their own. But 15-10 is not what you want from a Cincinnati Bengals game. You want that thing closer to like, you know, 24-17. to um, But, yeah, you got to get more points on the board, Joe Burrow. Okay, yeah. I was looking to see. It seemed like Mixon was a little banged up late in that game, but I don't see anything about him lingering effects, so hopefully he's okay because he is a big part of that offense. You're right. Yeah, I think the Broncos' defense, we got to give them credit. Uh, they kept maybe that, that Bengals' offense stagnant enough, but uh, when you're going through quarterback injuries yourself and things like that, it's hard to take the uh, – it's hard to take that, that chance – or the capitalization of your defense yeah. playing well and getting some more points. And I think that's where the Broncos missed out. This uh, allows us to talk about a couple of games for next week for week 16 NFC or AFC games. Uh, the AFC North big one here, Ravens at Bengals. Both of them are eight and six. The Ravens got to get healthy here. Is Lamar Jackson back? What have we heard yet for this one, Dan? I don't know. So 
it's an ankle. They were trying to get him back for this game, so I think there's no way he doesn't play against the Bengals. How effective he'll be, we'll find out, but I think he'll start against these Bengals. Okay, so Lamar Jackson back on maybe a gimpy ankle, maybe he's throwing it a little bit more, but uh, he's you know you can trust him on that a little bit more here too. But in Cincinnati, can the Bengals win a big one that would almost seal this division for him? I will say this. We know that this is going to be a good game simply because the Ravens are in it. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> they Should really be. haven't had a clunker all year. I'm going to pick the Ravens on the road with a healthy Lamar. Um, I was really impressed by what they were able to do with their backup quarterback. I, I thought their offensive weapons were you know, well utilized. I thought their defense could have been a little bit stronger, but I, I really do feel like the Ravens can win this game even in Cincinnati. And that, to a degree, would also kind of wrap it up for uh, – for Baltimore, so yeah, this this is a this feels like a Baltimore win. I just feel like they're the they're the tougher team right now. And with my concerns about Joe Burrow and that offense, I really can't take the Ravens because if Lamar's not in there, I still think their offense works really really well. Whereas the Bengals, I don't know what's going on with Joe Burrow. It's a tight one. It really is a coin flip. I I had to look up their last meeting that was October twenty fourth. The Bengals actually had a big win over the Ravens, forty one to seventeen in Baltimore. Um. But this one, yeah, is entirely, you know, we're talking two months later. I have no I have no idea. Um, I'll go opposite. I'm going to go opposite and go Bengals. I think this is going to be a exciting one back and forth. Maybe Lamar's not uh, fully healthy enough to get going. Um, I did like what was going on with, uh, like, Murray in the backfield and stuff for the Ravens, but that seems somewhat new from what uh, even when Jackson was in there. So a lot of moving pieces for a banged-up Ravens team. So I'll go Bengals because they just seem a little healthier. The Rams just intercepted uh, in the end zone. Oh, there's a flag anyways, but, I mean, 45 seconds left. I think uh, Wilson just threw another pick. Um, Another game we can talk about for Week 16, the Denver Broncos going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. This is an AFC West matchup. What do we think? Uh, this is another critical wild card yes. situation. I mean, a lot of good games um, next week. Yeah, I I will say this. As as impressed as I was that the Raiders beat the Browns, I I think if Teddy is healthy, I think this is a this is a Broncos win. If Teddy is not healthy, I'm, I'm going to pick the Raiders just because they've got an effective quarterback and the Broncos are putting out Drew Locke. So that's my caveat. I will say if Teddy's healthy, go Broncos. If not, I'm going to give it to the Raiders. And we got i got to give you that caveat because you gave me mine for the Raiders game last week. Um, and it's a good one. It really is because I think Teddy makes a big difference in this one. Either way, though, I'm going to go Raiders at home. I think uh, Vegas uh, feeling good about their win on the road in Cleveland primetime. You know, due to the change of schedule, prime time, so they get this one too because they're at home, uh, getting a little bit healthier. I think. I was wondering if they're going to get back their tight end here anytime soon. They did lose. Uh, I, Abrams had another arm dislocation that might be an issue for them about safety, but he doesn't really stay back there as it is. Um. Oh, and this game is over there in Philadelphia. They just had a, a huge play by Dallas Goddard to get it to the two-minute warning. Washington's oh. only got one timeout left, mine, and they're down by 10. Mine completely finished it, and I just saw this play. Yeah, it's going to be two-minute warning. Are they call timeout, Washington? Yep. Well, anyway, there it is. All right, well, we're wrapping these up. 
perfect timing. We're going to go on a break, and when we return, we're going to push through a bunch of these other games. It's called The Two Minute No Offense, and everyone loves it. Uh, all of the games are wrapping up. And so, hey, so is this podcast. Let's stick it right here for the second half. This is The Push Out. Well, it's Christmas time again. Decorations are hung by the fire. Everybody's singing. All the bells are ringing out, and it's Christmas all over again. Yeah, again. Long dear. Everybody, thanks for sticking right here with us. We're pushing through to get you ready for week 16 of the NFL. Getting that playoff picture a little bit smoother, a little bit clearer. But first, it's time to push through four games we had last week that we just don't care to discuss too much. It's called the two-minute no offense. No offense, but we know everything about your team if you are participating in the two-minute no offense. You're probably garbage or you're probably great. Let's move on. Let's learn things we already knew. And turbo go. All right, what we're going to start with is I've got Panthers losing big in Buffalo because they did not have their kicker. He gets injured in pregame. 31-14. Yeah, I'm not going to lay that on the kicker. I will lay that on Buffalo being much more talented um, and having an offense that the Panthers just couldn't figure out how to get. Uh, But once again, we've talked about this. Panthers without Christian McCaffrey are not the same team. And, uh, yeah, Cam Newton's just doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. No, you're right. The, the Bills uh, won because they are the Bills. Um, moving right along, the Texans win in Jacksonville, 30-16. to 16. We both picked it. There was no let's rally because we all hated Urban Meyer win for the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, they're still allowed to hate Urban Meyer and to be bad at the same time. <laughs> Two things can be true. Um, this puts Jacksonville in the catbird seat. This is the second time I've used that word. Uh, catbird seat for the number one pick. So I don't even know what the fuck catbird seat means, but I'm using it, guys. It's, it's happening. <laughs> That's right. That does. It Christmas. does. Uh, because of a big old Lions one we'll get to. Uh, but first, mm. uh, your Cowboys beat up on the Giants. You got to enjoy it. 21 to 6. I did. I mean, this is what we're supposed to do. This is a Giants team that doesn't even have their starter. I, once again, I am as worried about the Cowboys offense because we're just not clicking. But I will give them this pass. It's a division game. Division games are always fucking weird. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 21-6. to 6, And this game was always in Dallas's control. There was never a point where I was like, oh, fuck, New York might do this thing. Uh, this was Dallas all the way. You guys picked off Glennon three times. He got benched for Jake Fromm at the end. And then finally, the 49ers. Who did well. Up- what? Who did well. I yeah, mean, Jake, Jake Fromm. Fromm looked. I mean, his arm strength is not there. It was actually way worse than I even remember in college. But, uh, yeah, he's making good decisions, accurate with the ball. Uh, finally, I was going to shove in the 49ers beating the Falcons, 31-13. to 13. Uh, Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Falcons, are, that's time, too. Wilson had a um, good rushing game for the uh, Niners, 119 total yards, a touchdown. But, yeah, the, uh, the Falcons weren't in this one after halftime. Yeah, I mean, we picked this. This is what we thought. Like, once again, Atlanta's 6-8. and eight. They were staying in the playoff conversation, but I think they're officially out of it now, which is kind of nice. Um, we don't have to talk about them anymore. That's yeah. good. Yeah, they weren't going to be a, 
a good team to watch in the playoffs if they backed into it anyway. So I'm with you in there. All right. Well, that's time. That's the two-minute no offense. What fun we're having. Um, we're watching the end of the Eagles-Washington football team game. Both these teams are 6-7. and seven. Washington is going to lose this one, their second straight, and the Eagles are going to take a uh, a 7-7 seven, seven game and, and a jump up on them on the division. Um, did you know Washington are, are going to start – they're starting to bring their benches around in these games, Dan? Did you hear about this? Oh, yeah, because Dan Snyder is a petty, unoriginal fuck. <laughs> um, and the best thing is, though, like, we're bringing a heated bench to Dallas. It's like, for what? We play in a dome, you <laughs> dumb motherfucker. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to label the bench with what? You could have saved yourself some money and just bought some fucking decals, you turd. It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, man, it's funny to laugh at them. Uh, let's talk about some games for next week. We've got the L.A. Chargers. They're going to Houston. They're playing uh, the Davis Mills-led Texans. Um, the dangerous Davis Mills-led Texans. Mm, look out. Uh, do they do they have an upset uh, against the Chargers here? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I think the Chargers need this one. And it's funny. The Chargers actually need this one desperately. Um so it, it could be kind of an upset alert for them. I, I don't know if the Chargers are going to absolutely boat race this team. I know they have the talent to do it. Um, whether or not that gets done is, is a lot to do with, I think, the Chargers' mental fortitude. I'm still going to take the Chargers, but I'm not taking it as a blowout. If it is a blowout, I'll be very upset um, with the Texans for not fucking keeping it close. But I'll be very impressed with the Chargers for getting that mental fortitude to put your throat or put your foot on the throat of a bad team. Yeah, yeah. The Chargers are very up and down season, win that loss, win loss, win loss kind of thing. Uh, it hasn't been exactly that though, so I can't say oh they lost last week, they're going to win this week. It could be a little trap game for them. They've got two divisional games after this one uh, that they've got to focus for to to basically win to get in. Um, I, yeah, you can't pick it cause it's the Texans and the mess that they have, but the Texans are one of those, you know, they're not that bad. They, they're getting kind of coached into a situation here where you're like, yeah, they're maybe they're one of the, uh, better teams of the five worst. <laughs> so for that reason, I'm taking True. the chargers too. Uh, the Thursday night game, uh, uh, you know what? There's a net, there's a new week starting here. This this uh, Eagles game is about to end, and there's a new week starting in four, under 48 hours. Titans at 49ers. That's not a bad game. What are we thinking? No, it's not. Um, 49ers need this one, and the Titans have been on a slow boat to fucking Loserville. So I'm I'm going to take the Niners to keep their playoff chances alive, get another win. Um, I'm going to pick the 49ers going 9-6, and six, and uh, Tennessee's slipping. So they better watch out for those Colts, man. They're right. They only have that game lead over them right now, unless the head-to-head stuff. Um, Basically, a two-game lead. Okay. So the the only way the Colts beat them is if the Colts actually wind up with a better record. If the Colts tie them, it doesn't matter because they have the head-to-head. Okay. The Colts, yeah. So that's if the Titans lose two of the next three, which is and home against Niners, home against Dolphins at Houston. So if they lose two of the next three, they will still have ten wins. And if the Colts, yeah. if the Colts win two of the next three, they will still wind up with ten wins, and they will still be a wild card team. Colts are so at the Cardinal. Colts. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the Colts basically have to either win out and Titans lose two of three, or uh, if the Titans win two of their next three, there's no way the Colts could get it. Yeah, Colts have at Cardinals, home against Raiders, at Jaguars. So both of them. 
not an easy track to do that, no. but things can change. Okay, all right. Um, who are you taking in Thursday night? I, I missed it. Uh, you said Colts Cardinals? No, this one's Titans 49ers. Oh, my apologies. Uh, 49ers. I think I'm with you. I think 49ers at home, uh, under the lights, short week. It's a it's a tough pull for the Titans, who you're right. They, they can't keep this slipping, but they will probably one more week. Uh, let's talk about those Cardinals, though, because, oh, boy, did they not show up when they needed to this week. They thought they had this thing, but the Lions with their second win of the season, 30-12. to 12. Uh, Sorry, Detroit, just now getting to it, but uh, what, what a, you know, this is a wild week. Big win for these Detroit Lions. They jumped out to a 17 to nothing lead at the half, and they, they kept their foot on their necks, like uh, Dan likes to say. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I'm a big, uh, apparently I'm a choke fetishist, <laughs> I guess. I don't, but it's, uh, I don't know, I'm normal. Um, yeah, I will, I will tell you this. Dan Campbell is coaching the hell out of this team. I don't think he's coaching them to be, like, better at football, but I think he's coaching them to believe in themselves and believe in the process. And you can tell. I mean, yeah. I, I got to give credit where credit is due, right? Jared Goff had a really good game. Jared Goff was accurate. He was taking what he was being given. He had less than 250 yards, but he went 21 for 26. That's pretty fucking good. You know, if you're at 80% completion percentage with three TDs, I call that a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, they had a, a surprise performance by Craig Reynolds with over 100 yards rushing, which is fucking shocking. So, I mean, good for him. This is not a, a team. This is supposed to be DeAndre Swift's team. That's not supposed to be Craig Reynolds' team. But they stayed with it. They ran the ball. They used play action. They did everything you're supposed to do as a good team. You know, that's the crazy thing. Like, the Lions looked like a good team in this game. They didn't look fucking stupid. They didn't make bonehead decisions. They weren't getting beat at the point of attack by a more talented Cardinals team. They looked like they had the better game plan, and it looked like the Cardinals sleptwalked through this entire game. You're right. And uh, another thing we got to give it to Goff, you, you give up the stat line like that, you're like, that's a pretty good game. It's a very good game when you're throwing to people named Amon Ra, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. He's got nobodies on this team. So what I think I agree with you. What this is is a very coached, bad talent team in the Detroit Lions. Uh, they've got stuff they need to build. They need to get people healthy. They needed, you know, um, they they started to get something going when their running game with uh, Swift was healthy, but that hasn't been and, and probably won't, you know, it's not going to be this season. So that is what it is. But with this win, the Lions, like we brought up with the Jaguars game, they jump up. This kind of feels like the Jets of last year. Yeah, you're not the top pick anymore, and then give it back to the Jacksonville Jaguars down there. Um, I don't know if the number one overall pick is as coveted this year. There's not a standout quarterback that can take it. Uh, the the big guy is the the defensive end pass rusher, right? Yeah, well, there's there's two guys. There's Aiden Hutchinson, who was the defensive end in Michigan, who was a Heisman finalist. And then there's a defensive end edge rusher out of Oregon named Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, or Thibodeau, however you want to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking like they're going to go 1-2. There's It's like a fucking 100% lock. If the Lions have the number one pick, they're going Hutchinson because he's a local kid. He's a Michigan kid. Makes sense, uh, yeah. And he's talented, so it makes sense. But if it winds up being you know Thibodeau first, 
going to the Jaguars, there's no way they they let Hutchinson pass them at number two. So works yeah, out for the Lions either way. Yeah, yeah. And in Thibodeau, or Hayden, who knows? You're right. I think Hutchinson is kind of making the ground this year. Thibodeau was the guy at the start, so we see the movement going. And obviously, there's also that off the season uh, movement that happens too. And guys get excited by tape and by by uh, you know if there is a combine this year, stay I mean, out of it. Saying COVID, there is a thought that there won't potentially be a quarterback taken in the first round. Oof. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you here right now. I'm saying two quarterbacks get taken in the first round. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. That's what none. the fuck happens. Yes, yeah. You they, know, people there's guys that are third round prospects that get taken in the tail end of the first round because it's a quarterback and you got to take a shot. Amen. And that's how the NFL works. Um, but we talking about this Lions big win uh, and the Cardinals. Oh boy. Um, did the Cardinals just not think that the Lions were going to smack them around as much as this? And they were surprised when it happened so fast and just never got their feet. Like there was the interception that uh, Kyler Murray throws and Jay Green doesn't even try after the guy jumps the route. Kyler Murray throws up his arms like, why didn't you just, and like they, it could tell that the Cardinals just, they wanted it to be easier than it was in this game. And they were a little like, well, I'm not I'm not ready to put up the fight that these guys are. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that's a good read on the situation. I think they expected to come in here, have a cakewalk, have a have a tune-up game. The Lions were not ready to give that to them, and the Lions went out and built a 17 to nothing lead and at that point, you're talking about a three-score deficit. Mm-hmm. I know 17 to nothing doesn't feel like a lot when you say the words out loud. But it's three scores. You're down three possessions if it's 17 to nothing, minimum. So when they came out in the third quarter, and not only did Detroit not fold, Detroit actually scored another touchdown in the third quarter. At that point, you kind of lose the will to push because you go, "All right, we got beat. You know, we're ten and we're ten and four. We're a good team. Do we want to do we want to kill ourselves trying to beat these hapless Lions, or do we just?" punt on the season or punt on this game and it, they absolutely punted on the game and then in comes Colt McCoy that's which right which is the surest sign that you're punting on the game is Colt McCoy's entry yeah uh, yeah and you're right that's a good way to put it they uh down 17 nothing and then down more there they were going for it on fourth down near the goal line before the half and then right after the half down even more they're like and now we'd kick a field goal and it was like okay i get it you guys gonna get some points on the board and see what happens kind of thing and so the the 30 to 12 the game wasn't even that close it was 6 to 27 to start the fourth quarter the lions well in control and a nice win hey the lions after a real shitty season of heart some heartbreaking losses and other stuff you get this one and it's nice for every team to get one of these where everything looks good. You had the walk-off against the Vikings, fine. Yeah. And then you've got your little boat race here against a very good Cardinals team. So congrats, Detroit. Uh, not everything bad happened to you in 2021. <laughs> uh, congrats, Detroit. Please stop winning. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, here we got them going to Atlanta this week. They could do it here. It's Lions at Falcons. I think I remember the last time the Lions were in Atlanta, and that was the one where both of them desperately tried not to win the end, and they, and they still ended up losing there at the end there. But, yeah, Lions at Falcons. What do we think here? God, is this the first time all year the Lions actually might be a favorite? <laughs> um, it's fucking insane. Um, I'm, 
I'm going to give it to the Falcons just because I want the Falcons to win because I want these Lions to get Agent Hutchinson. Mm. That's what I want to have happen. Um, yeah, once again, you, you could pack it in for the rest of the season, and Lions fans, I think, would be happy. I think they would be happy. I think they would be happy with the progress. If they didn't win another game for the rest of the season, but these Lions came out, they fought hard, and they lost the game by three points every game for the rest of the year, Lions fans would be happy, go back into the draft, rebuild, get your personnel back, do your thing. I think Atlanta still needs these wins because they need to feel like they might still be in the playoff chase, even though they're not. Hmm. Um, I think Atlanta's going to win this game. I, d- I think it's going to be close, but... Detroit going on the road, it's it's a very different atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're both in precarious situations, at least with their quarterback. And, and in that terms, you're in a better situation in Detroit because Goff is a little bit younger. Matt Ryan's at the end of his career here, and you're looking at another Falcon season that's going to come up short. Um, so, yeah, that makes it tougher what you're doing with Atlanta. you got your new head coach, but is it the same old Falcons? And right now it kind of feels like it. That being said, I'm going to say that the Lions aren't going to start the hot streak right now. I think the Falcons at home makes a lot of sense, and I'm going to go ahead and take that. I think they, uh, you know, run the ball with Cordell Patterson, get Kyle Pitts a few more catches, and call it a win. So I'm with you. I got Atlanta at home. And most and they're not sleeping on the Lions like the Cardinals were. Right, that's you know, true. They're going, hey, we're bad too. we got to play this team and, and show them that they're worse. I think I'd pick Detroit if it was in Detroit again, but it's in Atlanta. I, I would too. Yeah, they're going to travel. I would too. Um, let's talk about the Saturday nighter. We still got one game on Saturday. They took one away Saturday from night. us, but, you know, we got two tonight, so beggars <laughs> can't be choosers. Uh, the Colts with a big win over the Patriots. Dan got me on this one. Everybody who's stuck with us till this part of the episode, Dan picked the Colts. He goes, I got a gut feeling about this. And that's not even the biggest gut feeling nope. win you had yeah. this week. We'll get to that one. But this was a good one. 27-17 at home. Uh, it was 17 nothing Colts at the half and looked like it was going to be an easy win, but it wasn't. Uh, the late game here, 17-20, to tight three-point game. Uh, Patriots made it until Taylor breaks the long about 50-some yard touchdown to ice it. I will say this. That run alone puts Jonathan Taylor into my top three conversation for MVP. Sure. The fact that when you need the fucking thing, Jonathan Taylor rips off a 67-yard touchdown to effectively ice the game. There's less than two minutes left, and once again, that's a two-possession game. Yeah. That's hard to come back from. Uh, Your defense just has to play it relatively conservatively, and you're probably okay. Um, I will say this. Mac Jones didn't look bad. The... The Colts' defense forced him into a couple interceptions, uh, but I thought he comported himself well. Carson Wentz looks like super-duper shit, um, and if it wasn't for Jonathan Taylor, that guy would be bagging fucking groceries. So I here's the thing. They're giving up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz looks like dog shit. That's right. It's official. He's had enough snaps or enough starts or whatever it was. That first-round pick is gone now from Indy. It's going to Philly. Philly will take advantage of that. Now, the also funny thing about this is uh, Carson Wentz had five completions. Not one receiver had more than a catch in this game. Nobody else. Just one reception for all the uh, the players on this team for the uh, for the Colts. It was, yeah, it was a Jonathan Taylor, you know, give him the ball almost 30 times, and, and he did it. He did it for him. 
uh, I thought Belichick was going to stop that. And you can see what would happen if he was able to, but he wasn't. And that does make a big uh, talk for John, how good of a season Jonathan Taylor's had. It really has. Uh, this will be a fun one to watch the um, hard knocks in season. We got a bye week one that we watched here this week. Um, I want to touch on that episode a little bit because I know, Nan, you saw it too, the 30-minute one that spent a lot of time with uh, um, Ursay and his family and his collection of guitars and memorabilia. He, he just missed out on buying Wilson, <laughs> the volleyball from Castaway Dude. for 20 grand or some shit and he can't he he can't let himself live that down. Jim Ursay is high as a fucking kite <laughs> all the time. That dude is so drug-addled it is literally unbelievable. That man is a multimillionaire. Yeah. That man should not be a multimillionaire. Holy fuck. Jim Ursay looks like an old <laughs> can of soup. <laughs> Um, yeah, wild episode, but this, this is the one we'll get to watch this week. So this will be an interesting one. Uh, you know, under the lights, Jonathan Taylor, big run. That'll be a fun one to see. The Colts are going, oh, Christmas night to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Things don't get easier for these Colts and they stay in prime time. So another Saturday prime time game for the Colts. Colts at Cardinals. Cardinals need it too after this big loss. What do we, I'll start with you, Dan. What do you think? Uh, I think that's the difference. Uh, the fact that they are going to be in the desert, clearly I believe in this Colts team. I'm mm. pretty sure they're going to go to the playoffs. It is what it is. I, I've never been a huge fan of Carson Wentz since his knee blew out, but I don't think they're going to be able to travel and keep this string going against the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to get right. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. Um, it's in Arizona. I think to that same point, if this was in Indy, I'd probably be taking the Colts. I think it's tight, but I think the Cardinals are going to pull this one out. This is going to be a tough one to choose. Um, Colts are hot right now. They're beating a lot of really good teams, um, and they're winning the games they should. The Cardinals are not. Uh, obviously, they're getting healthy again, but there was something to that. And and you know what? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is done now for the season. It, the earliest two will be back, I think they said, is the AFC or AFC. They're not even in the NFC Championship game, Championship Weekend. If the Cardinals make it that far, and they won't, I'm I'm gonna say the Colts go into the desert here in prime time and win it. I'm gonna say the Colts in a uh, in an upset. If it it will be, well, I guess uh, on that one. So yeah, I'll, I'll pick opposite you there. Okay. Just because I think they're hot right now. I don't know. Carson so Wentz sure, right certainly isn't, but I'll, I'll put it all on Taylor. I'll put it all on his shoulders. Um, how about Bills at Patriots? Ooh, an AFC East matchup. That means the top of that division. What do you think? I will say this. The Bills in the second half of that game against the Patriots figured it out. I think they're going to have it figured out again. I'm going to pick the Bills on the road against the Patriots. I, I, It's going to be weird to see the – I'm picking basically the Patriots to lose two games in a row mm. um, after the season that they have, but I think Buffalo has the talent to get it done. Plus, Cole Beasley is on the COVID list, um, and fuck Cole Beasley. 
So <laughs> it'd be great if they won this game and they're like, yeah, we actually don't need Cole Beasley, and then he gets cut and his family falls apart. Something like that would be nice. <laughs> Jeez. I was going to agree with you until that last like yeah. <laughs> thing. Never mind. Um, I think we picked opposite this game on December 6th. I'm going to pick opposite you again. I'm going to go with the Patriots at home here. Um, you're right. The Bills did better with them in that game, but that was also a weird win game, and you know Belichick's going to come back with something completely different for Buffalo again. Uh, at home, especially they're going to need this one with the, the loss that they had in Indy. Um, Bill was short with the press, and he apologized about that. Look, he apologized. He's he's back on track. He's, he's trying to make amends. He's going to give everyone Christmas presents this week, and one of that's going to be a, you know, a win for his Patriots. So I'll take the I'll take the Patriots winning uh on uh the 26th here over Buffalo. We've got a couple of games opposite Dan. Uh we got a few more games we got to talk about from last week, including this one did not make the 2 minute no offense. Jets 24, Dolphins 31. We got to start talking about the Dolphins as a serious AFC contender now. Um they're they're winning the games they should win like this one. Uh tag Tagovailoa had two touchdowns. He did have two picks. Uh, they got Duke Johnson going for him. Remember Duke Johnson? He's back. 127. First ever 100-yard game. Was that right for him? He's never had 100 yeah. yet? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy because I could have swore he had some good games there in Houston when they were good. Uh, two touchdowns as well, and the Dolphins' defense was six sacks. Um, Jets jumped up to a lead in this game. They kept it tight. It was 17-all in the third. But the Dolphins just, you know, enough touchdowns. Um, there wasn't a quit from either team in this game, and that was nice to watch. The Dolphins have had a really good second half of this season. No kidding. I mean, they have put together a fucking hell of a run. Um, They're not a bad team. I think Brian Flores saved his job. I think Tonga Valoa saved his spot as a starter for next season. I don't think they're going to win another game for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. They've got three really, really tough ones uh, mm-hmm. coming up. Two of them are on the road, and their Week 18 is against the Patriots, who will still be playing. Um, so, yeah, I, this has been great. You guys did great. You're going to go 7-10. and 10, But congratulations on even getting seven wins, Dolphins. Good for you. Okay. And the Jets are still garbage, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is six straight wins for the Dolphins, for them to turn it down to, to three losses for... Kind of feels like something they could do. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a fun game to watch, but uh, also too, yeah. What 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 does it hold if the Dolphins can't can't finish this this race off? Uh, the Jets have the Jaguars coming to town this week, so the Jets might be able to to, to feel a little good here at the end of this season. Um, what do you think, Dan? I'm actually going to take the Jets over the Jaguars. Um, which I mean, it'd be good for the Lions if the Jaguars would pull one out here um but yeah the jets don't need another top number one or number two pick they could probably use a top five and be all right plus they're going to get that sweet sweet small adams pick that's right they get the seahawks picked still too so they'll have a few there near the top of this draft um yeah i like the jets too i think the jets will be favored heading into this one uh three and a half probably something like that uh jaguars are a mess Uh, they turn the ball over a lot they need they need a uh, an offensive builder, something around Lawrence to head coach to come in, and 
I don't know who that's going to be. So good luck, Jaguars. But yeah, Jets. Jets didn't look hapless in Miami. They're gonna they're gonna take care of business here at home. This is an early prognostication. I'm saying Kellen Moore to Jacksonville. Okay, he will be one of those yeah coach uh, um, hot seats out there. I think I think you're right. Let's talk about um, the Buccaneers getting blanked at home. Super Bowl defending champs can't win, get a point on the board against their Saint, the division rival Saints, nine to nothing. Dan picked it. This is the one. The gut feeling. Um, you, you're good for a few of these this season, Dan. Um, uh, what I have for as far as stats is Callaway with the good game. Maher kicked three field goals. Brady turned the ball over. Uh, there was one missed field goal from Suckup in the second quarter. It just they could not move this ball. They could not move this ball. Uh, and and the injuries that Tampa uh suffered here. Not only did it hurt him in this one, but it's going to hurt him moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this was all New Orleans defense and Tampa Bay injuries. Yeah. Um, I think if it was not that, I was like, I don't think they're ready for Taysom Hill. Nope, they were. Uh, Taysom Hill didn't have a great game. Taysom Hill had less than 50% completion, uh, didn't rush for over 50 yards. That's a defense that handled Taysom Hill, but this defense for New Orleans came out of fucking nowhere. And I will tell you this. Dennis Allen got his name back in the head coaching candidates after a game like this as the interim head coach with Sean Payton out on COVID hold. So Dennis Allen, defensive mastermind, puts together a fucking great game against Brady. Pressured Brady, sacked Brady all game, plus with Evans going out, with Godwin going out, with all of those players going out. This was another one where you could tell in the third quarter, Tampa Bay was like, fuck this shit. (laughs) Um, and we're starting to kind of quit in the seat. So, I mean, that I'll tell you that. If you're a defensive coach and you get the opposing offense to quit in the third quarter, you did a good job. It, yeah, the injuries. Oof. Oh, man, they're going to pile on. Uh, God, when they start talking about how he was near an 100-yard reception for the season and tears his ACL, I think he finished about three receptions short of 100 for the season. He had a real good year up until there. Uh, Evans went out for a bit too. He's going to miss some time, but Fournette's going to miss more. It looks like he's going to probably be down till the playoffs, probably going to IR with a little, I think it was hamstring or something like that, which isn't going to be good. Like we were just, I was, I was like, hey man, playoff Lenny's here early and everything about Tampa looking good. This is going to hurt him moving uh, forward here because with the Packers and they keep winning. Um, yes, Tampa did go through Lambeau. I mean, they didn't even have uh, the win of the division last year. But even with it this year, if they have these injuries, it's going to be tough for them to beat the top of the NFC. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, but with they were fully fucking stocked. They were fully fucking stocked with talent mm-hmm. um, getting into that playoffs. And this one, they won't. And I'll tell you this. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to lose another game for the rest of the year. <laughs> well, given their so, schedule, that's true. Uh, it's a little bit easier for them, so maybe they'll be okay. Let's start with the first one for this week. It is Buccaneers at Panthers. Yeah, they're a better team than the Panthers. The Panthers are not. I mean, the Panthers are at home. This is a divisional game. It could be weird, but I don't feel the same weird vibe that I got with the Saints. I'm going to say they beat and take care of the Carolina Panthers. Then week 17 is against the Jets, and then they're back against the Panthers week 18. This oh, might wow. be a 13-win team that doesn't get a first-round bye. It's a very, very strong chance. Yep. Um, 
the Panthers are trying to get Sam Darnold back in this game after his shoulder injury. They're saying that he might start. Uh, that might look like a little bit more of a competent offense than what it's been, but it's still not, you're right, going to win. I like the uh, Buccaneers as well, especially, you know, getting embarrassed there at home. They're going to they're going to need to change that and get get that taste out of their mouth. And then Monday Night Football, kind of touched on this, Dan. It's Dolphins, and they're playing in New Orleans against the Saints. Saints, uh, yeah, what are you thinking here? Are you going to pick them to win? Well, I am. I'm going to pick the Saints defense after what they did to Tampa Bay. I know it's a divisional game, but uh, Miami is going to be on the road against a team that runs really well and plays good defense. Um, yeah, I, I think this is just going to be a Saints win. I think it's going to be really close. Um, I would be shocked if the Saints scored more than 20 points, but uh, that might just be enough to beat this Miami team. Yeah, um, Miami's red hot right now, so I'm excited to see this game. I think it's in their wheelhouse to win, but this is a test kind of one, a, a road game that they got to win to keep up going. Uh, in the AFC, they had such a bad start to the season that you can't afford to lose this out-of-conference game. You just can't, so... Yeah. Uh, it's a big one for them, but also Saints can't afford to lose it either. And the Saints could go to the, the playoffs here, especially after that win against the, uh, the Buccaneers. I'll just take the Saints at home. I really don't, yeah. I really don't know this primetime one. It just seems primetime under the lights. Saints, they're, they're like, their defense is getting healthier. Uh, it's big having those guys back. So I, I, I like that as well. All right. And I'll say oh, this. Yes. The, uh, the Saints are ending out their season. If they beat the Dolphins, they can beat the Carolina Panthers um, in New Orleans, hmm. and then they can go to Atlanta for this final game of the season. This team could wind up end up being ten and seven and make the wild card. Saints have so, a yeah, they've got a somewhat an easier track there, but that division too can always trip people up. That nothing's easy there, and and all of these games, a lot of them are in division left of these mm-hmm. last three weeks. So it's going to be fun. Speaking of in division. We only got one more game to discuss, and that was the uh, true Monday nighter. Vikings beating the Bears. That was 17-9. to uh, Dan, obviously, I told you ahead of this one I had the choice. I, I picked the Bears to win it because the the Vikings just don't play well at Soldier Field. <laughs> Kirk doesn't play well in primetime. But the Vikings did win it. Dan, you got this one. You know who else picked this one right? My mom. Of course she did. But... Uh, <laughs> I told you in this one that because of my feelings on it and because of how ugly these games usually are that I, I didn't really want to watch it. So I went to the movies instead. Um, I watched the Kurt Warner story uh, as, as of course, I needed to. I was so excited. I mean, that's that's the big news this week is that the Kurt Warner story. Yeah, it out came out. I don't even remember the actual name of it. America's something. It's a, something. it's a true underdog story. True or, underdog. Yeah. That's what, something like American that. American yeah. underdog? Yeah, something. something. Like <laughs> We don't even know the name of this movie. It's a big old joke. I saw Spider-Man instead. But, no, I, I came back. I got this one through and, and obviously watched it as I could there. But, hey, this has been a stressful, stressful year watching as the Vikings fan. So I, I got a little by here what I knew was going to be an ugly game in Soldier Field. But they win it. Kirk Cousins now, uh, now all he does is win on Monday night, no matter what. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this one because I don't like the Bears, and this is a nice win for us. Um, we were up seven or up uh, ten to three at the half, uh, but it really only was one good drive, and then a lot of really questionable calls that let us down for another mm-hmm. touchdown drive there at the end. There, 
Uh, but the Vikings, as they do, as they love to do, give up points right before the half, a field goal. Uh, they are on that track to have the record. I need to look up and see what that is of the most points given up in the last two minutes of a half or regulation because they have to be on track for that because um, they did it again at the end of this game. The garbage of all garbage touchdowns to end it uh, right there. I, f- I feel like they just almost are w- wanting to cherry pick that that stat out of there. Um couple of silly stuff happening here cousins sliding early on what would have been an easy first down conversion and then they have a blocked punt that the bears have putting them in short field uh the end of this game was just the bears marching it down the field getting in the red zone and turning it over on downs (laughs) never getting it into the end zone until that very end where it didn't matter um, three turnovers in this game for the Bears, eight penalties, and they are eliminated from the playoffs. Oh no! Unbelievable! Oh shit! But yeah, that's what that's so that that was that game. It was not a fun one to watch, probably if you were not yeah. a uh, a Vikings fan enjoying a win there. If uh, on the basis I mean, of basis, just a win. <laughs> not a good. I mean, one. I'm a football fan, and this was not great football. No, um, you know, this was. This was sloppy. This was, you know, a Bears team that is very young offensively, very good defensively, mm-hmm. and a Vikings team that is very tired. <laughs> you know, this is a this is a Vikings team that's like, holy shit, we worked so hard to get seven and seven, and we got to beat these fucking Bears. Kurt had less than a hundred yards passing. Yeah, by the he end less, there, Kurt Cousins had less than a hundred yards. That's fucking insane. They just were sitting on the clock, handing the ball off, doing everything in their po- power to give the defense time to get rested because it was like, yeah, we've seen this story. We're just going to run this clock out because our offense going to disappear. Or we're going to throw an interception. So it's, it's a mess there. And we're, we're running gotta, that. Got to give a little rub, love to Robert Quinn for the bears. Uh, 14 sacks this year. Great job. Yeah. If only he was doing it for a playoff contending team. <laughs> Robert Quinn, good game. Uh, DJ Wanham was the only one that I want to give credit for, for the Vikings, three sacks in this one. Uh, he's only in the end of his second season here, and, and most of our defensive ends, it takes them at least a year or three to even get on the field because we don't like starting rookies. So that's what I'm excited about. Uh, takes us a little bit to, to, to breed up those pass rushers. Maybe he's one for the future. All right. He's a good one. Uh, but that's all the games, Dan. Uh, that, that Vikings win was the last one there. We got some more games we're going to discuss for next week, but because we saw the – Washington football team lose to the Eagles live, and we saw the uh, Seahawks lose to the Rams live. We're all done with what happened week 16, just in time for week 17. I think that kicks off uh, right now. Here we go. <laughs> uh, sure feels that way, NFL. But uh, it's when They moved the game to Wednesday, 8 a.m. That's right. Just to avoid any COVID contamination. Get ready. Who's playing? Uh, I don't know. Guess what? The Rams and the Eagles. Uh, go. Go. <laughs> That's what you guys get for winning games. No, um, yeah, Eagles won at 27-17. Rams won at 20-10. This lets us wrap up for next week's picks, week 16. Here's four games for next week. Dan, we'll start you off with Bears at Seahawks. Oof. I'm going to give this one to the Seahawks because the Bears are going to travel all the way there. The Seahawks' defense has not been bad, and even a anemic Russell Wilson is still better than a, you know, doing the best he can Justin Fields. So, 
Yeah, Justin Fields is a year away from being competent, and he's he's got to get out of Matt Nagy's um, tutelage. Um, I think that's going to help him a lot. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take these Seahawks. Yeah, I'll probably like Seahawks just because they're at home. Uh, look for a ten to nine game, everybody. That'll be something <laughs> there probably. Uh, not a lot of offense in that one. Um, and then Giants at Eagles. This one a uh, NFC uh, East matchup. Eagles all of a sudden with this win at home against Washington, they've got to take the uh, playoffs seriously here for a few weeks. They do, but they're playing the Giants, and like they're going to beat the Giants. But who gives a shit, man? Um, yeah, who gives a shit? They're they're going to beat the Giants, but no one cares. They're not a threat in the NFC playoffs. Um, I like the Eagles at home too. Yeah, they'll beat these Giants because the Giants. I don't know. Maybe they'll play Jake Fromm, or it's not going to be Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones done for the season. That's the last we've seen of him. Makes it an interesting decision moving forward for the Giants after this year. We we'll have to watch them. The Rams coming to Minnesota to play the Vikings after they just beat the Seahawks on this short week. Who are you picking? All right, yeah, start with me. Uh, I watched uh, Hicks for the Bears get into this game and just tear up the middle of our offensive line. Uh, we we don't have a guard that we can hang a hat on, and uh, Bradbury, our center, is the bust. So Aaron Donald, welcome aboard. This is going to be a mess and in Kirk Cousins' lab all day. I got to take the Rams. I really do. Okay, good. I, I wanted you to say it first. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I think the Vikings are going to go 8-9 and nine for the rest of the season, unfortunately. I think you guys – I mean, I tombstoned you already, right. so you know – you know I don't mean this out of any malice, but, yeah, I think they're going to lose the next two games. It's Rams and Packers. That's just tough. Both of those teams are headed to the playoffs, and they're really talented. Now, if the Vikings prove me wrong, I'll be happy. Um, you know, the Rams still might make it in, but, yeah, the, the Vikings are going to need to get 10 wins to be in this thing. They're going to get at least nine to even be competitive, but they're probably going to need to win the next three games to get into this thing, and I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, things, things get really tight here. Uh, they do get two games at home. And one game on the road, but that game on the road is in Lambeau, and one of these home games is right here against these Rams, who desperately need it too. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see it happening. Um, the Vikings have been playing up to competition and down to competition, so this game will probably be close. It'll probably come down to it, you know, last play. But the Vikings will give up enough points at that end of the halftime to lose it. I like the Rams here, and then finally, Dan. You Cowboys got Washington football team coming with their benches on Sunday Night Football. What do you think? I'll let you Here's go what first. I'd like to do. I I would actually like to forfeit this game so we don't get COVID from these dirty fucking migrant <laughs> fucks. Like I don't mean migrant in a pejorative against people that are migrant workers. I don't mean that. I mean that like these people are fucking hobos. The the Washington football team is a group of fucking hobos, and I don't want them to touch my shit. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they brought their own benches because I don't want anybody touching their benches and getting COVID. Fuck the Washington football team. Um, I hope we win this game handily, um, but fuck them. Even if we lose, I don't give a shit. Just don't get anybody sick, you dirty motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, Cowboys win this game um, at home. They, they take care of business, even if Heineke's back. Hopefully, you know Washington at least is healthy to play this game. Um, all right, Dan, let's wrap this up, uh, with the picks. I got to, uh, count up these two from tonight, but we got them both correct because we both picked the Eagles and the Rams. So with these games and Dan taking me on, uh, three of the five we picked or something like that. 
You got yep. me on two different with me having the one game ahead of you last week. You flipped it. You're now in the Boom. lead. 139 correct. I'm at 138. And with Could just... by two. Yeah, with, yeah, it's true. If you didn't let me change it to the Raiders, I appreciate that. But, I mean... This is this is COVID protocol. Some weird shit happens. Some weird. We gotta, be, gotta be flexible. That's right. And so we got a few ones different this week. And if if things do change, we'll we'll let you know about it next week. Right here, where you got this one, we'll be here. We'll be back. Um, yeah. So with just three weeks left, Dan's got a one game lead. So this is gonna, this is gonna come down to the wire this season, folks. This is gonna be exciting. Um, but we'll be here through that and the playoffs. So so keep it keep it right here. Subscribe link uh rate us on your on your listening device and tell your friends on christmas uh you know when you're sitting there with your family uh when everyone's talking about it uh what's going on around the 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 dinner table say i listen to this very great podcast tell them about us i'm sure you'll get one of those uncles on on us all right uh, that's what i got for this show dan i'm a rambling you want to get some crazy stats Yes, please. All right, I got a couple. All right, I want to talk about the the man that I I picked early on of being a, a dark horse for rookie of the year. I don't think he's going to get it, but he's having himself a strong year, and that's Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has become the first tight end to have over 800 receiving yards since Jeremy Shockey did it in 2002. And with three weeks left, he is he could break Mike Dicka's record of rookie tight end. Uh, receiving yards uh, that was 1076 no one has come within 100 yards of it in six decades right now Pitts is at 147 i think he'll get it with three games left to go and you know it's not like atlanta's got a bunch of fucking targets to throw it at so good for him my only question is did dick do that at a 14 game season he did indeed. <laughs> so that's maybe why it's going to happen here. We had enough games and all these all these records will go down. All right, and then finally, Dan, uh, here's a question for you uh, before I get into the, uh, the crazy stat. What team leads the league in sacks? Is it my Dallas Cowboys? No. It's my Minnesota Vikings. Hey, hey. The Vikings lead the league in sacks right now with 44. However... Not one player has more than six on this team. Interesting. Yeah, that's what makes it a crazy stat. All right, that's what I have for you guys this week. Uh, what a fun one. We got we got to enjoy some live football there, at least the fourth quarters of these games. Dan, do you have some parting words of wisdom for us? I do. We are in the home stretch. Mm-hmm. We are past the beginning of the final quarter of the season. There's only three games left to go. If you find yourself in a position where you're you're looking at that Week 17 game going, oh, man, I need that, or my Week 18 game doesn't mean anything, I'll tell you how this game's going to go. Um, the NFL, this year, every game in Week 18 is going to matter for something. Mm-hmm. It's either going to matter for the number one to number two draft pick status or it's going to be playoff positioning. So do not tune out. Every game is important from here on out, uh, except for um, Panthers games. Uh, They're (laughs) fucked. Nice. All right. Well, hey, guys, on that note, sorry, Carolina. We will be back next week uh, to discuss everything that happened week 16, get you ready for that week 17. I hope you enjoyed this one. I sure did. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Have a Merry Christmas, and we will see you before the new year.
Goodbye.